You guys can turn in your Bibles to John chapter 14. I will get there myself. Awesome. Um, so, as I was coming to the I am statements, and as I've listened to a lot of the preaching um, the past several weeks, one thing that I have found that is really important when we come to these statements is to read the background and the context. Um, and and, and what, what I mean by that is, is because Jesus doesn't just randomly say these statements just of their own accord. He's not just chilling with the disciples sometime. I'm like, yo, Peter, I'm the bread of life. Um, he's very intentional about the time and place in which he makes these statements. Um, and the reason he's doing that is because he is using the events that are going on around him to teach the disciples and others something about himself. Um, he's using those opportunities to reveal things about himself to them. And so it is really important for us to establish the background of these statements. Um, and, and a lot of our, past, or our preachers have done a really good job of that um, with the bread of life, literally just two, two uh, sections of passages before that. When he says, I'm the bread of life, he's just fed the 5,000, right? Um, when he has said that I'm the light of the world, Marcus did a really great job of telling us that there's a festival going on in which the Jews have a lot of lights going on. Um, and when he says that I'm the resurrection and the life, he literally says that right after Lazarus has died and right before he raises him from the dead. So he is using the things that are around him in order to teach the disciples something about himself. And uh, this statement is no different. So, we're, before we get to the statement, we're going to set the scene a little bit. Um, John chapters 13 through 17 is a, is a discourse. Jesus is talking to his, his disciples and he's telling them a lot. And while it is a lot of text, it's happening in a short amount of time. This is, this is the night before Jesus is going to be sentenced to death. And there's a lot going on. And... Um, Right before he makes this statement, there's a couple things that happen. One, um, Judas is, has come out to us, the readers, that he's the one who's going to betray Jesus, and he has left the disciples at this point. And that, is, that happens in t- chapter 30, 13, 21 through 30. And then, in chapter, and then in verse 31 in chapter 13, Jesus says something to them that is crucial about how we read John chapter 14. Um, And you can read along with me in verse 33 right there. Um, Little children, yet a while while I am with you. You will seek me, and just as I said to the Jews, so now I also say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. And then we skip down to verse 36, and Peter says to him, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus answered him, where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow me afterward. And then... um, Peter says that you know, he would lay down his life for him. And Jesus uh, quickly tells him that you're going to deny me three times before the rooster crows in the morning. Um, and that's what sets the scene for Jesus' teaching here in John chapter 14 in the statement, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Um, so it's just really important for us to, to see that, to know that that's what he has said to them, that these are the last words that he's going to say to the disciples. A lot of the New Testament scholars call this the, the farewell discourse. Um, he's kind of giving, him, giving them some final teaching before he leaves uh, to be sentenced to death. So 
Um, with that, um, this is a huge statement, right? Some of them have been, I'm the bread of life. They've been one thing. Well, in this, in this statement, Jesus says he's three things. I'm the way, I'm the truth, and the life. And uh, so the sermon is going to be divided into those three portions, and I'm going to make a point alongside uh, each, of those, each of those statements. Uh, so we will start with, I am the way, and we will start in John chapter 14, verse 1. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare, to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. We'll stop right there for just a second. As I told you before, in the verses previous, he's told them that he's going somewhere and they can't follow him. And in these few verses right here, he tells us where he's going, right? In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? He is going to prepare a place for them in the presence of the Father. And that's the cross, right? He is going to prepare a place. He's going to the cross. And he tells them that that's where he's going. And uh, the disciples don't get it, just like they don't get a lot of things often with Jesus' teaching, right? And Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How can we know the way? And Jesus makes the uh, huge, really popular, and really offensive statement for a lot of people that I am the way, the truth, and the life. So section number one, Jesus is the way. Um, Point number one is Jesus is the sole means by which we have reconciliation with God. Like I said, Jesus has told them that he is going to prepare a place for them and they can't follow. The reason they can't follow, and if you, if you all were here, um, not, not this Sunday, but last Sunday to hear Josh's sermon, Josh had a point saying the separation is real. Well, right here, Jesus is reiterating the separation between the disciples or man as a whole and God is real. They can't go where he's going. Jesus alone can do that. He alone, in his death on the cross to where he is going, is going to be able to prepare a place for them where they can be with God. They can't do it. Jesus is the only means by which that's going to be achieved. He is the only way in which they can do that, in which they can be reconciled to God. And he even goes as as far as to tell them that they know the way, because they do, right? They know, who, they know Jesus. They've been with him for a while now, and they don't get it. They say, Lord, we do not know where you're going, because how can we know the way? And Jesus tells them, it's me. I'm the way in which you are going to be reconciled to the Father. He has to, uh, to tell them that and be very open with them about that. Um, point number two is uh, Jesus is the truth. And point number two is Jesus is the full revelation of God. John says it a lot that uh, to know Jesus is to know God. Look at what Jesus says right here after he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. In verse 7 he said, if you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on you do know him and have seen him. And what he means by that is you know him because you know me. You, you have seen him because you see me. I am the full revelation of God. And uh, the New Testament teaching is very clear 
along with this, right? We know that God has revealed himself in the Old Testament progressively, so to speak. He revealed himself to Abraham. He reveals himself to Moses as he brings them out of Egypt. And he makes a covenant with them on on Mount Sinai and Leviticus. Um, And he reveals himself to the prophets. And you guys don't have to turn there, but I'm going to reference it. It's Hebrews 1, 1 through 2, where the writer of Hebrews says, Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. Just as you and I cannot be reconciled to God without Jesus, you and I cannot know God without Jesus. He is the full revelation of the Father. Thirdly, He is the life. And point number three is Jesus brings renewed life. He is the life. Um, And for this, we have to consider the setting. It is ironic that he calls himself the life, having full knowledge of where he's going. He's going to die. Um, And he knows that he is the only means by which people can have life renewed in him and eternally after they die. For Jesus to be the life is two parts. It is to be renewed in Jesus now, and it is to be eternally with him forever. Um, John's gospel pretty much screams this um, for several references. um, The first of which you will know very well is John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal. Life, and we skip ahead to John ten, and you guys don't have to flip all there if you don't if you don't want to. Um, the thief comes only to steal and to kill, and I came that they may have life, and they might have it abundantly. And then also, um, last week's sermon in John chapter eleven, where he says, "I am the resurrection, the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live." And to have life in Jesus is the theme of John's gospel. Once you get to the end, in John chapter 20, verse 30 through 31, he says, Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that, my, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Life is, life is hard. And you and I are incapable of living it well apart from Jesus. We don't have renewed life without Jesus. And you and I don't have life eternal without Jesus. He alone is the life. And so, from those truths, from the statements that he makes there, I hope to draw some points of application. Um, Number one is that if Jesus is the only means of reconciliation, then you and I must both cling to him and proclaim him to others. 
And how does that work itself out practically? Well, to cling to him works himself out. And I, I immediately think of uh, working out your salvation with fear and trembling. You and I are prone to um, thinking about our works as ways that we are reconciled to God. And we know it's not true, but it's, it's easy for our hearts to wander there. We have to constantly preach to ourselves and cling to ourselves that salvation, reconciliation to God, only comes through Jesus Christ alone. And this is where it gets offensive because it is exclusive. If he is, if he is the only way, you and I have a very, very big task ahead of us. We have to proclaim it. I think all of us in this room know someone who is of the mindset that, well, I know I'm a good person, so I don't, I don't need any of this other stuff. And Jesus just couldn't be more clear that that's just not true. The only way in which they can be right with the Father is not by their works, although we certainly want to be spurring them on to good works, right, and to be righteous and holy. That's what we want for them. But it is not the means of their salvation. It is not the means of their reconciliation to God that comes through believing in Jesus Christ alone. And so uh, that also has a missional aspect to it, right? We, uh, we send people to foreign nations, people who are believing in gods or idols or ancestors to save them. And we have to proclaim to them that there is just one way to be reconciled to the one and only God. And it is Jesus Christ alone. Application for the truth. If Jesus is the full revelation of God, then you and I have to go to him for truth. Um, John equates Jesus to the word at the very beginning of his gospel. In John chapter 1, he said so. And I will turn there quickly for you. Um, He says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He equates Jesus to the Word. And if, and if Jesus is the truth, and the Word is truth, you and I have to be going to it regularly. We have to be searching this book right here all the time, saturating ourselves with the truth. You and I cannot know God apart from the truth, and that is Jesus and His Word. We have to absolutely pour ourselves into it. Uh, it is the only means. Jesus is the only means in, of which we receive that truth. And number three, if Jesus brings renewed life, then you and I must submit to his lordship. Um, I thought about this point this morning when we had a baptism, right? CJ was baptized this morning, and the profession she made was that Jesus Christ is Lord. To live in a renewed life in Jesus, for Jesus to be the life for us, you and I submit to his lordship. What does that look like? It means we're being obedient. And what does that look like, right? How does that practically work itself out? Well, it works itself out, I think, in a lot of ways. We are repenting and believing. We are serving one another and bearing each other's burdens. We are loving one another. And we are having fellowship together coming together on a regular basis, praising Jesus Christ for who He is. For who he is. Sorry, That's what it means to be submitting to His Lordship, to be being obedient in those things as the church. That is what renewed life looks like 
now. And so um, I heard Josh say this this morning, and I, and I want to reiterate it, that Jesus Christ is everything, right? We heard Josh say that over and over and over again this morning, and it is absolutely true, right? We, we cling to that. And Jesus is even claiming that about himself right here. He's saying, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. How much more can he say before Jesus covers that he's everything? He is indeed everything. And I think, I think, but I think also one of the truths that comes out right here with I am the way, the truth, and the life is Jesus is also telling his disciples, I am everything, and I'm also the only thing. I am the only means of reconciliation to God. I'm the only way that you can know God, and I'm the only way you're going to have life right now and in, and in eternity. So, and, and, I, and I thought about this in terms of, of, our, of our homecoming as well with 100 years, that I hope that while we continue, and we, we, we proclaim these, both these truths at the same time, right? Jesus Christ is everything, and He is the only thing. He is the way, the truth, and the life, and we, we proclaim it unapologetically, and we cling to it as a church. I would hope that that's our prayer as we come up on 100 years. And I think, I think that, that that's what we're called to, to proclaim Him as everything and the only thing. And so with that, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise you for statements like this that bring us to our knees realizing that you are the only means in which we can be reconciled to God, that we can be saved, that we can have life um, in which we can even know Him. God, You're the only thing we have and You are everything we have. May we not go away from that. May we continually remind ourselves of that and may we continually preach it. God, we love You. We give You all the glory and we thank You for the truths that come from Your Word and from the statements that You have made about Yourself. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.